Oh, whoa, whoa, it's magic, you know. Okay, it's not magic, it's just a podcast. It feels like magic because it's the Harland Highway podcast, but it's just a podcast. I'm your host, Harland Williams, and I want to welcome you to the show. Great show today. Today we uh, we have a special guest on the show. We have a professor from a uh, college out of New York who's going to be discussing a little bit of a touchy topic. He's going to be discussing uh, the differences between being a badass and being gay. Um, and this was prompted by one of the pavement pounders, so stick around for that debate. Um, also, we are going to be discussing, um, you know, the relationships between men and women. I kind of set off a bit of a firestorm the other day between a man and a woman. I think I might have disrupted their personal relationship by accident, and I feel guilty about it, so I need to talk about it on the show and tell you about it and see what you think. And then we're also going to go back to, should I be sticking to comedy Or do you like it when I talk about serious topics on the show? One of the Pavement Pounders weighs in, and we will listen to her call later in the show. So put on your seatbelts. Here we go. It's the Harland Highway. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the Harland Highway. I promise you, I will please you all. Believe me. What is he like? What is he like anyway? He's an angel. You're gonna need a bigger potion. You're listening to Harlan Williams. Why don't you give me a name and a face and a reason why? Yo, oh, man, what do you expect? The guy's a gigolo, man. <laughs> it's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. You just don't turn it off. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Weird. Just plain weird. You know what I mean? Welcome to the Harland Highway. Oh, you get your money's worth, believe me. You're such a fuckass. What? Please. Did you just call me a fuckass? Hey, Elizabeth, that's enough. You can go suck a fuck. Oh, please tell me, Elizabeth, how exactly does one suck a fuck? <laughs> you want me to tell you? Please tell me. We will not have this at the dinner table. Stop. Well, let's, uh... <laughs> Let's get into a a funny little story that happened to me on the weekend here, okay? Can we we start off with that right there? Can we start off with a funny little story that happened to me on the weekend right there? Y'all ladies and gentlemen, you mind? I hope you don't mind. Um, This is a story that I must tread on very delicately because it it involves men and women and relationships, but in particular, well, it involves, it involves women and how they can get moody, but it also, I guess, involves men on how they can kind of justify behavior. So it started like this. I'm out of town, and I go over to the local gym, go over for a workout, and I had my racquetball and my my racquetball equipment with me, and I thought, you know, I'll take my racquetball stuff into the gym. I'll do a workout. And should there be a lone guy wandering around looking for a game of racquetball, I'll be the guy, right? 
So I'm I'm halfway through my workout, and sure enough, this uh, this this middle aged guy walks in, and uh, there's a lady with him. Uh, you know, a middle aged lady, and I'm I'm assuming they they were probably boyfriend and girlfriend. And so I looked them up and down, and I saw that he had a racquetball racket, and she didn't. And he was heading towards the racquetball courts, and he got over there, and he's kind of looking around. And I thought, oh, man, I'll jump in and see if that boy wants to play a game of racquetball. So I walked up to him. I said, hey, man, uh, if you're looking for a game, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good to play. And he's like, oh, yeah, hang on a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah, I might take you up on that. And I'm like, cool. Well, you know, when you work it out, just let me know. I'll be out here working out. Come and find me, right? And I noticed he kind of shot a look to his his, uh, his lady. And I couldn't tell if she was, like, kind of into it or just ambivalent or whatever. But I did get a little bit of a vibe a little bit of a vibe from her, like, uh, excuse me, you're intruding on my space, excuse me, um, but I just walked away, I turned and walked away, and I figured if this guy wanted to play, he could play, so so I go back to working out, and I uh, go get a drink at the drinking fountain, uh, five, six minutes later, I look over, and there's the guy standing there, kind of staring at me, and I look up above, and his lady's up on the next level on a uh, on a, str- uh, a, a bicycle, a, a, one of those stationary exercise bikes. And he's looking at me, so I kind of nod my head. He nods back, and I'm like, oh, great. The guy wants to have a game. His, his lady friend's up there doing the uh, life cycle. Here we go. So we go in. We start playing racquetball. We, we uh, play two games. And in case you're wondering, I won the first one, he won the second one, but I'll be honest, I kind of let the second one slide. I was just looking more for a, a run around. I think I could have beat the guy two games straight, but I didn't want to make him feel bad, you know, so I just kind of kicked it. I went a little easy on the second game. And uh, and then I said, hey, you want to have a rubber match? And on the rubber match, I would have kicked his butt, you know, and he goes, yeah, you know, I better, I better check on my little lady. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I told her, uh, you know, we'd play racquetball and, uh, you know, and we came here to work out together and, uh, she's mad at me and I'm like, uh, oh, uh, oh, okay. I then all of a sudden I realized he had that kind of that energy where he's like, he's kind of half focused, like he's into what he's doing, but in the back of his head, he can hear her voice. I thought we were working out together. Why, why are you playing racquetball with a complete stranger? I thought we were going to play racquetball. So that voice was going off in his head. So I, I, I said, I totally get it, dude. Go do your thing. Thanks for the games. We, you know, fist bumped. Couple of cool racquetball dudes. And then I see him walk out into the gym. I resume my workout. And then I see him walk by me again. Then I see him walk by me again, and I see his head turning all around like an owl. You know, when an owl twirls its head all around when it's looking for prey, this guy's head was twirling all around looking for his lady. And suddenly I kind of picked up on it because this guy had been walking around for about two minutes. And then I started looking around for the lady subtly, you know, and and I, I, I couldn't see her. I looked upstairs. She was gone. I looked at every corner of the gym. She was gone. It was a big gym. It was one of those big warehouse style, you know, LA fitness places. 
And this guy's just roaming. Like, he's going from corner to corner. I see him go upstairs. He comes back down. He goes down by the locker rooms. He comes back out. He goes upstairs a second time. He goes into where the, the, the daycare center. He goes into the yoga room. He's, he's just like, he's probing every single corner of this gym. And I'm, I've already drawn my conclusions. I'm like, oh, man, she's gone. This girl is mad. She's gone. She, and she just left. Like she didn't even touch base with the guy. And so I finished my workout and, and I see him, you know, this is like, you know, we're talking 20 minutes later. He's still alone. He's standing over at the front check-in counter talking to the, uh, the, the, the check-in guy, the, the attendant, right? And so uh, I'm like, oh, man, now I feel bad because I feel like she's clearly, like, vanished. And he clearly looks distraught. And I thought, I better go over and say I'm sorry. And I thought, man, this might be good on the podcast. So I accidentally, yes, accidentally left my phone on, and it just happened to be recording by accident. And I went over and said sorry to the guy, and he just, it was... I'll let you listen to it, but it's just so kind of, what a bummer. Check check it out. Here's me going to apologize to the, the racquetball dude for interrupting his, his day with his lady. she take off on you, man? I think so. Oh, no. She got me in trouble. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. That's my fault. She's like, I thought we were working out together. I go, well, we are. Let me just play one game of racquetball. Oh, man, now I feel horrible. Is she coming back to get you? Oh, well, she's probably just hiding in the locker room or something. Did you call her cell phone? I didn't bring mine. Oh, damn. It's the waiting game now. Oh, my keys are. Sorry, dude. No, that's all right. Oh, man. Get ready for that. Next time, next time I'll know the... The rules when me and her go to the gym together. We don't do the same workout, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. When the ladies are in the mood, you gotta watch your step. It's like the hurt locker. You never know when you're gonna step on a mine. <laughs> All right, man. Hope it works out. Thanks. Oh boy. See, there you go. Poor guy. You know. And so this goes back to my my first opening statement about the the state of mind, the frame of mind of men and women. And it's like, it's like the woman is kind of using her attitude to, to crush him. You know, she, she, she's like kind of holding over him the whole, well, you didn't pay attention to me thing, right? And the focus should always be on me. And if you're going to divert the focus, then there's going to be a price to pay. I'm going to act out and I'm going to let you know that I'm not happy and I'm going to punish you by going AWOL or giving you the silent treatment or whatever. Don't, don't mess with me. Okay. I'm, I'm number one. I need the focus. I'm, I'm, I'm your priority in life. And it kind of sucks when women do that because it comes from insecurity or, you know, I don't know their history. In this case, it could have come from he has a track record of kind of not putting her first. And if he does, then she's in the right. But if, if he doesn't, 
then you got to be careful, ladies, when you pull that stuff because you may think you're getting the advantage on a man, but what you're doing is you're alienating the man because then the man starts to fear a, a pattern of this type of behavior. No man, I guess not no man, but a lot of men with, with any balls aren't going to put up with that kind of behavior because, you know, if it happens once, twice, then they can start to know they can expect it, and it's not a good way to resolve things, okay? Um, the best way to resolve things is to talk them out and, uh, you know, you know, not let the little things get to you. Now, on the man's side... I'm guessing they probably had a, an agreement that they were going to spend some quality time together. This was a Sunday, and it was it was him and her day, and even though they were just working out, there's that feeling that you want to feel like you're together. Even if she's over on a life cycle and he's over, you know, lifting some barbells, there's kind of that we're here together, even though there's a lot of other people here. The energy is it's me and you. We're connected. And so this guy probably violated that connection by all of a sudden, like, dumping her in the first first minute they were in the gym. I mean, I saw them walk in, but I didn't know the, the relationship status. And he pretty much, like, abandon her and put his eye on playing racquetball with me. And, uh, and so he might've pulled a boo-boo by kind of, um, violating that little unsaid connection between them. Wherein this is our time, baby. This is, uh, even though we're going to the gym, this is our time. You know, we're connecting together. And suddenly this guy just went, yeah, I'm going to go play racquetball. You have fun. Go work out by yourself. And you heard the guy. He's like, well, we don't even work out together. Next time, next time I'll know the, the rules when me and her go to the gym together. We don't do the same workout. <laughs> See, I have a feeling he already knew the rules. And he was kind of justifying it, you know. I mean, we, we, we don't do the same workout together. I mean... Why do I have to be with her? But he knows. He knows that that's not what it's about. He's supposed to be, um, you know, he's supposed to be kind of at her disposal. He, his focus can't be anywhere else. You know, she needs to be on her life cycle. And every, every three, four minutes, she needs to look over. And there he is curling some weights. And they make eye contact, even though they're across the gym and there's a little smile or a little wave. It's, it's that we're connected thing, right? <laughs> and this guy knows the guys, we know that rule, right? But he violated because now he's, he's in a, he's in a white room, isolated with, with plexiglass. He shut off. You can't hear anything when you're in the damn, when you're in the damn racquetball court. It's like an isolation chamber. And he's in there with another dude, and we're laughing, and we're, we're fist-pumping, and we're playing sports like real men. And suddenly, she just gets cut out. She gets shut right out of the equation. Oh, man. Poor guy. And, and he, knew, he knew. He knew that little rule. You can hear it when, when I'm talking to him at the counter. He, he says it out loud. He's, he's like, you know, 
he does her voice. She goes, I thought we were working out together. And I'm like, well, we don't do the same workout. Listen to this. <laughs> She's like, I thought we were working out together. I go, well, we are. Let me just play one game of racquetball. Oh, see, that that's what sucks about relationships. You, you can't get it to a place where you're wa- that That's called walking on eggshells, okay? Ideally, you want to walk into a gym with your girlfriend. It's, it's like he clearly brought his, his racquetball equipment into the gym, and I guess he was going to play with her. But the fact that, you know, she says, I thought we were working out together, which is code for you're not supposed to do anything with anyone else. We're doing this together. And he's like, well, I just want to play one game of racquetball, which is code for, well, I just want to do something without you for a few minutes and so suddenly what when you came in the gym you had one agenda together and suddenly thanks to me thanks to me relationship wrecker there's now two separate agendas and i i honestly do feel bad like i kind of gummed it up for these folks but uh you know what it's the eternal thing between men and women so so for you men and you women who are listening Try to find that compromise. Try to communicate. Try to let the other one know that it's okay to go play the game of racquetball and vice versa. Even though I'm playing racquetball, I'm thinking of you every moment. And as soon as I finish with this person, I'm I'm gonna play with you, and I'm not excluding you know all that stuff. You you gotta you gotta get it out there. If not, it just leads to someone walking away. And who knows, man, these are the small little things that, for all I know, this could have led to a breakup. I think all of you have been in situations where something starts so small, it's a little event, and it just, you know, you can imagine the fight, you know, when the guy got home. Well, I can't believe you just walked away. I mean, all I did was go play racquetball with that guy, and you just walk out and leave me? I mean, how immature is that? And she's like... Yeah, well, you said we haven't been spending time together lately. And you said we we're going to spend time together, and we didn't. And blah, 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 blah. and then both sides just get going, and then the relationship's done. So anyways, there you go. My little uh, relationship adventure. And speaking of relationships, I think one of our callers called in with a relationship question. Let's have a listen to what one of the uh, pavement pounders had to ask. Harlan, uh, Eric from San Diego. Hey, I got a hypothetical. Say you were throwing a drunk tank for like one or two nights and you decided, well, I'm in jail in a drunk tank, so you screw all the dudes in the drunk tank and then after two nights you get released and then you brag about it. Are you a badass or are you gay? I'm not saying that happened to me on either end, but it's just a hypothetical. Thanks. Okay, wow. That that that's whoa, whoa, easy guy. You're up here. I need you down here, Nacho. Um boy, that one's a little out of my scope. That one's a little out of my area of expertise. Uh I might uh Roger's holding up a name. Who? Okay, we can call this guy. Okay, Roger's saying we can call there is a a gentleman up at uh, Fremont College in Ithaca. He's a professor uh, of sociology and human behavioral studies. Who is it? Professor Colin 
Phasmond. Okay. Um, why don't we do that? Because I would just send you in the, probably all the wrong direction. So we, we might as well have a, a, an expert, a professional in the field discuss this matter. Um, let's patch him through uh, Professor Colin Phasmond. Uh, Professor Fasmont, are you are you there, sir? Yes, I am here. Thank you very much. No, thank you uh, for for joining us on such a short notice. An important call. Uh, the gentleman. Yes, I heard the call, and the gentleman has a very good point. We we do studies on this uh, for many generations up here uh, in Ithaca at the, at the college, and. Uh, quite an important question. Well, I don't. Is it really that important? Oh yes, many men have this question, and and the answer we have done many many studies uh, of this, uh, the psychological studies, uh, studies on uh, male sexuality, etc., etc. Okay, and we'd be interesting to to see what your your findings are. Well, it, uh, like all things in science, uh, Mr. Williams, it all comes down to numbers. Always it's coming down to numbers. What do you mean? For example, if you are in the drunk tank uh, with a group of other men... Okay. Uh, ...and you uh, decide to uh, engage in sexual activity with the man... Okay. Uh, meaning, uh, you know, bending over and uh, performing uh, cunnilingus or... Cu well, isn't cunnilingus on a woman? Well, yes, technically, but in jail, uh, cunnilingus can be, you know, on a man, too, because anything goes in the prison environment. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um... There's fellatios, there's a cunnilingus, there's the anal uh, sexing, or usually in the, the, the prison there is the anal rapings. Oh God, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like that term. Nobody likes that term, Mr. Williams, but anal rapings is uh, pretty much what happens. It, uh, they, 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 they go hand in hand, the male, a dominated sexual activity in the prison system usually comes down to anal rapings. What, what was that? Anal rapings. Uh, anal rapings? That's what I said, anal rapings. Okay, uh, God, I really... Boy, I, I guess I should have known we'd go there. Yes, and so the question from this gentleman was, if I engage in if I engage in sexual activity in the holding pen with the, in the drunk tank uh, with the man over a, a couple of days back to back subsequent. Yeah, a couple of days. Uh, does that make me gay or does that make me badass? Yeah, that's exactly how he put it. Well, the answer is interesting. It comes down to numbers, as I said. Yes, the numbers. And it turns out that if you have the anal rapings or the cunnilingus or the coitus or the fellatio with, with the man. Yes. Uh, if you do it with only 12 men, you are badass. Okay, so 12, if you, what? If you have, if you. If you have the anal rapings with 12 men. Okay, do we have to. If you have the anal vapings, the fellatio... I'm still not sure fellatio works man-to-man. -man. Well, I'm the professor here. I'm a, are you the professor? Well, no. So I would ask you not to challenge our findings, Mr. Williams. 
Okay, you don't have to get testy. Well, you called me on short notice. I'm sharing my expertise with you and your audience, and it sounds like you're challenging me. Well, I just don't know how a man performs cunnilingus on another man. Well, why don't you spend 25 years working at Fremont College in Issaka right by my side as my assistant, and then maybe you'll understand. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, if you have, uh, if you have the anal rapings, conolingus, fellatios, uh, coituses, whatever you have with 12 men in the prison cell, in the drunk tank. Yes. You're most definitely a badass. You're, you're a badass. Oh, yes, absolutely. The baddest ass in the whole drunk tank. Okay. But if you have more than 12 partners... 12, 12 men. If you have more than 12 anal rapings... Do you have to keep saying... Anal rapings? Yes, anal rapings. Well, you did call me, Mr. Williams. I didn't call you. Okay. If you have 12 or more anal rapings, you're definitely gay. Okay, wh- why... I don't get so if you have 13 13 equals gay. I don't know why that's just that's just what we found out. We've studied the chromosomes. We've discovered uh, we recognize the patterns and and the association with the number 13 and 13 uh, anal power slams is what? It's 13 anal power slam. Did you say anal power slam? Mr. Williams, you did call me. Do you recall picking... Yes, I know we called you. But your terminologies are a little... I'm just telling you what I know. I've done years of research, and you asked me. Okay, please continue. So what happens after a man has had anal rapings or anal sexual activity with another man... Over 13 times, his brain recognizes a pattern. He gets, he, his chromosomes recognize a pattern, and at that point, wants to come and have more. It's, it's similar to... Do you smoke, Mr. Williams? No, I don't smoke. Well, smoking is an addictive pattern, okay? You, you have a certain amount of cigarettes, and then the brain goes, I want more, I want more. It happens with the Coca-Cola, it happens with the smoking, maybe it happens with the junk food. It's like, oh, I want to, it's like I want a Wendy's double cheeseburger, or I want the anal rapings. Okay, well. I would like to go to Burger King for the home of the Whopper. Give me a Whopper, or give me the anal rapings. Okay, come on. I want to go to Arby's and get the cheddar twirl. Oh, can I have the anal rapings? Okay. I got it, okay? So you, you are not gay, and, but once, you are definitely just a badass. But once you get out of the jail, okay, once you get out of jail, you can even continue this pattern and you won't be gay. You could go and have 12 anal rapings at a Russian steam bath. The Russian steam bath. Oh, yes, you could have 12 anal rapings at the Olive Garden in the men's room. In the Olive Garden? In it, what? In the men's room. Oh, my God. So you, you're still not gay, but if you have 13 anal rapings in the Olive Garden men's room, you most definitely are gay. And at that point, you might as well just get a basket of the all-you-can-eat breadsticks and shove them right... Okay! Hold on, guy. 
Are, are you sure about this study? Well, again, Mr. Williams, if you're trying to challenge my findings, I can show you page after page, document after document of our findings on the anal rapings. Okay, well, thank you for your time, uh, Professor Colin Fasmond, and, and I hope this answers our, our caller's question. I most certainly hope so. We are happy to do the research, and we are certainly happy to share our findings with you. And perhaps maybe one day, I say as a joke, maybe you and I, we could break some breadsticks at the Olive Garden. <laughs> what Was that a joke? Yes, Mr. Williams, I was joking. That's a little bit, a little weird. It's not like I really want to meet you at the Olive Garden. What are you implying that I want to take you in the Olive Garden men's room and give you endocrine things? Okay, we have to go. Um, we have to go, Professor. Is there an Olive Garden in your neighborhood, perhaps? Maybe we could sit down and talk about. No, there's no Olive Garden. Are you sure? Because they're franchised all over the whole country, and it's quite possible, in fact, it's highly probable that an Olive Garden within seven square miles of wherever you live. No, there, there's no Olive Garden. And I could simply meet you there, we could talk, have the all-you-can-eat breadsticks, maybe we, all of a sudden, oops, I've got to go to the bathroom. Oh, I've got to go to the bathroom too, why don't I join you? Hey, why don't I bring this basket of breadsticks into the bathroom? Okay, we gotta go. We go into the bathroom, they've got the olive oil, and Okay, hang up, Roger. Where did you get that guy? That got a little odd at the end. But anyways, this is, these are the things we do for the pavement pounders. And uh, I certainly hope that... Is he gone? Good. Oh. I certainly hope that Eric from, from San Diego had, had his, uh, his questions answered. His queries were... Well, I shouldn't say queries. His... His answers were, apparently 12 is fine, Eric. If you're in the drunk tank, you're a badass. But if you do 13 guys in, in the drunk tank, you're gay. And that's not from me. That's from an expert. So I don't want anyone flying off the handle saying, oh, that's not how gayness works. You're born gay or you can't become gay or... you. You know, I don't know how you become gay or you don't become gay, but according to this expert, when you're in that specific situation in the drunk tank, as Eric from San Diego needed to know, and again, as he said, he's not speaking from experience. He just wanted to know. I'm not saying that happened to me on either end. No, we get it. We get it. You're a badass, dude. You're definitely a badass. You you probably did like 12 dudes and you are according to the professor, you're one hell of a badass. You you know we're near gay. You are nowhere near gay. You do you did 12, even if you did 11, you're still a badass. You're not even gay. Um so there you go. Thank you professor Roger. Thank you. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, let's shift gears here. Um, on uh, we, uh, why don't we take one more call? Because a few podcasts back, we had a guy tell me that he was pissed at me because I sometimes I talk about serious topics on on my podcast, and he didn't like it. He was like, "You stick to comedy, dude. Stop talking about serious stuff." And so I threw it out there. I said, "Well, if there's anyone out there that thinks differently, 
I guess I want to hear the other side of the coin. So uh, we got a call from a lovely, lovely pavement pounder, and here's what she had to say. Harland, uh, Eric from San Diego. Hey, I got a hypothetical. No, no, Roger, Roger, please, please play the proper call. Thank you. Harland Williams, you big key. Santa Fernanda from Florida, and I was listening to the show today. I have a couple comments. First, love the new opening, flashback with that in a cherry song. It's uh, kind of weird slash awesome just how many of your shows contain some odd things. Uh, it could be seemingly totally random, but it connects to me and my life in some special way. Like that song, for example, uh, is, is special for me and my sister, my big sister, for sentimental reasons. And so I have a counterpoint for the dude that left the message about not liking it when you have a, when you get serious and he thinks you should just stick to comedy and he can stick it. I really enjoy your commentary on life. In fact, story on TV or I read something interesting, I often find myself wondering what your take would be on it. So um, I'd be willing to bet I speak for a majority of pavement pounders when I say that you have a great perspective on this thing called life. And you not only make me laugh, but you make me happy. And even when the subject matter might not be all smiles and giggles, you do a good job of finding the light side of the dark, I guess. So... So, yeah, you can get heavy on my ass anytime you want. Okay, chicken chow mein. Bye. Oh, man. See, thank you so much. And a banana from Florida. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That that was such a nice call. Such a such a kind, kind, kindly worded call. And I do appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you like uh, to hear the other uh, perspectives that I come up with now and then. And it's interesting that, that you know, we had a caller the other day that just didn't like it at all. And we have a caller here that, that likes it. So that's why, my friends, I have to just do what I do. And, and you're always going to have people that like what you do and don't like what you do. But my hope is that in the end, you just you, you like everything enough that it, that it all sits well with you. Okay, I can't imagine that there's anyone in the world that puts out a product or entertains you in a way that every single damn thing they do is perfect and great and funny or amazing. I mean, look, I love Meryl Streep, and I've seen a few movies where she sucked. I love Jack Nicholson. I've seen a few movies where he sucked. Do, did I give up on them? No, I still love them. Uh, there, there's musicians. There's painters. There's artists. There's sculptors. There's there's pianists. There's writers. There's singers. There's there's so many people in the world that if every single thing they did, I just adored and loved, I'd probably get bored with them and move on. If I didn't, if I didn't see different variations in the in the notes, in the tones, in their personalities, I don't know. I might find them boring. Maybe not, but you might find me boring if I just did the same thing all the time. And I'd probably get bored if I just did the same thing all the time. If there's one thing you've probably learned about me, I like diversity. I like I like to put my finger on different things and tones and beats and comedic sensibilities. <laughs> I mean, I can I can write a very clever joke or I can just be an idiot. It, it doesn't, you know, and I, I like it that way. I like it that I can kind of bounce around. So 
hopefully for those of you that don't like it one way or the other, you hang in there and you, you, uh, you, you, you look for the stuff you like and maybe every now and then you tolerate the stuff you don't like, but, um, I do my best to make it all entertaining and interesting for you. So thank you, everybody. I respect all those opinions, the good and the bad, and I appreciate the phone calls. Um, I don't need to be buttered up. I don't need to be patted on the back. I, I'm a big boy. I can take the criticism, and I can also take the compliments. I appreciate all of it. If you want to call and leave some kind of message, it can be whatever you want doesn't have to be about me. It could be about your toenails. It could be about getting gangbanged in a drunk tank in San Diego. It doesn't matter. Uh, 323-739-4330. You can leave. It's just a voicemail, so you won't be talking to anybody. You can leave a message, and uh, we might play your message on the air. Who knows? 323-739-4330. Or you could write me at harlowwilliams.com and maybe I'll read your comments on the air. Um, And while you're there, check out the Harland uh, Highway store. We've got all kinds of great products in there. We've got the Magic F-Off t-shirt. I I just put up a brand new hand-drawn t-shirt. Those things go pretty damn fast. Unfortunately, I don't do them that often. They're 65 bucks a pop because they're they're totally hand-drawn. They're one of a kind. They're drawn right on the fabric, and you own the only one. So there's a brand new one up there. I just put it up today. It might be gone already. I don't know, but uh, whoever gets it first, good on you. Um, we have other shirts in there. We have uh, DVDs, CDs, music, books, you name it. It's all there. Go enjoy yourself. Um, and, uh, also check my stand-up comedy, uh, schedule. I am going to be in the cold province of Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oh my God. Tonight, starting tonight, March 5th through the weekend, March 7th, I'll be doing five shows there at Rumors Comedy Club. The premier comedy club in Winnipeg. Great room. I've been there before. We're going to have a blast. Come on in. Get out of the cold. Nothing warms you up better than laughter and and the, uh, the, the love radiating off of my body for you. Um, and uh, so I hope you can get out there. That's going to be my only stand-up gig on the road in the whole month of March. So uh, you better get out there. Come April, though, you can see me in Cleveland, Ohio. April 9th through 11th, I'll be at Hilarities, Pickwick, and Frolic in Cleveland. And then uh, in, uh, in April 16th to the 19th, I will be at the Ontario Improv in California. Not Ontario, Canada. Ontario, California. It's about an hour outside of Los Angeles. Great club. Come on over. Uh, Then I'm going to be at the uh, Nova Scotia Halifax Comedy Festival uh, Wednesday, April 22nd. That's one night only. Big gala. Get your tickets. It's the middle of the week. What a great way to break up your week. And then the following uh, few days, I'll be at Comics in Connecticut. That's comics with an X, comics. That's going to be April 23rd to the 25th. 
And then the following week, I will be in Ontario, Canada. Yes, Ontario, Canada, nation's capital. I'll be in Ottawa at the Ottawa Yuck Yucks till May 2nd. Ottawa Yuck Yucks, May 2nd. Haven't been up to that room for many years. It's going to be a blast. Come on out and enjoy. Um, don't forget to check out my my app, Fallopio. You can see it uh, if you have an Android phone. Uh, tap in Fallopio. It's a great uh, game for your phone. You will love it. People are raving about Fallopio. Uh, if you want to learn more, check out the homepage of harlowilliams.com and blah, blah, blah. So that's it. Um, I better get over to the Olive Garden. I've got to, um, I've, I mean, uh, I've got to, uh, what did I say? I've, I've got to go. We're out of time. And uh, thank you for being here, everybody. Be good. Keep it real in the deal. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Are you a badass or are you gay? <laughs>